Hey friends, welcome to the Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast. A podcast that's not about growing marijuana or gardening, but is about living in radical faith and full submission to God. I'm sure glad you're here. The Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast is hosted by me, Connie Lawson, and airs Mondays and Fridays on your favorite podcasting platform. Be sure to check me out on social media, both Instagram and Facebook at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. You can also go to our website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com to leave your prayer requests or a comment and to read our blog whenever I write one, which is not very frequently because speaking is my jam, not writing. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this show started. Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Connie. I am so glad you're here. The day that this is being recorded is actually my 37th birthday, and I know there are a lot of opinions about getting older, uh, especially being a woman (laughs) in the world, and I know a lot of those are, are sort of negative, and we all want to stay super young and without wrinkles and cellulite and everything, but I've kind of come to the mindset that I really love getting older and just the fact that it is settled in my mind that I never ever would want to go back to being younger and um, I tell my kids and really anyone that I can that I am like wine and cheese I get better with age So anyway, I am embarking, getting closer and closer to the big 4-0, and I am excited about it. So I am going to continue to get better with age, and I hope that you can have that kind of motto and and uh, self-feeling moving through your life, that getting old isn't a bad thing, it's a good thing. So today, I want to continue talking about healing. I want to let you know a quick update for those of you that have been praying for my family regarding my grandma. She is getting ready to leave this world. She is in a hospice center at this point here in the city. Um, It's just a hard time. You know, death, even though believers have hope in Jesus Christ, death just stinks. It hurts. It's hard, especially when you have very intimate ties with the person that's dying. Um, My grandma is an incredible woman of faith and is 93 years old, I believe, so she's lived a good life, but that that doesn't make it easier. And so anyone that is going through loss of any type, I just want to encourage you today that grief isn't supposed to be easy and it isn't supposed to feel good. And it's okay to have all of the emotions, even if you're a believer, it's okay to be very sad. It's okay to be upset, angry, crushed, um, in physical pain over it. Grief is a sign that the person that lived and has died meant something. And there is no greater act of love than to grieve. And I believe we see that in scripture with Jesus and Lazarus. And I just want to encourage anyone that is facing loss, no matter how long it's been, your grief is precious and you don't have to get rid of it. You don't want to stay there in it. 
but it is a part of you and it will be a part of you. And I think that's how it's supposed to be. So continue on and just do your best to get through today if you are suffering with loss and know that you're not alone, that many people are facing loss around the world, not to minimize your loss, but to encourage you that you don't walk this path alone. And if you're listening today and are up to it, send a prayer up for people that are are going through loss and grief. It's a hard, hard road. Okay, so today, hate to jump track so fast, but I've got um, something that's really big that I want to talk to you guys about. Okay, so in the path, the pathway to healing, we've been talking about different barriers that get in the way and hinder us from accepting true healing, reaching true healing, finding it, whatever you want to call it. And I want to talk to you today about a passage in John chapter 4. It's really the whole chapter of chapter 4. So if you get a chance to read it, it would be really, really great. And you can draw some of your own conclusions from it. But this story today is talking about Jesus going to, going through Samaria to meet with the Samaritan woman, the woman that had uh, five different husbands or, or five different people, men in her life. So she was living in adultery, um, probably a prostitute of some sort. And the man she was with right then wasn't her husband. And so she's going in the middle of the day to get water from the well. And the interesting thing about this is, is that Samaritan women usually went very early in the morning to get their water. So she's going at noon. So she's going much later in the day and there's different conclusions as to why she's doing that. Some people say that she is trying to avoid um, the snickering and the comments of the other women by going um, early in the morning because they know her lifestyle. Or some people say that she's kind of trying to be manipulative and go at noon to find another man that would be at the well. So that's kind of all speculation. But what we do know is that in verse 4 of John chapter 4, it says it was necessary for him to go through Samaria. And him is Jesus. So Jesus knows that there is a woman here that is going to be at the well at noon and he is going to meet her. So it is necessary that he goes through the town of Samaria because he wants to meet with this woman that is living in sin. So he's already... uh, made it a point that he is making a detour from his plans because this woman is somebody that he needs to meet with. So somebody out there today is a person that has a past, whether it is sinful or whether it is quote unquote shameful or whether you have um, lived under the guise of mental illness or mental retardation or addiction or some type of disease, ailment, some sickness, and that's in quotations, and you are avoiding people or you are trying to manipulate your way to be able to be seen and to feel worth. This message is for you because part of healing is understanding that when we have lived in a certain type of negative lifestyle, whatever your negative lifestyle is, you can put that in that spot. 
we have a desire to be seen. We have a desire to be known. Whether or not we recognize it, it's there and it's under the surface and it's somewhere so deep inside of us. Because when you live feeling as if you were marginalized or rejected or unwanted or damaged or dirty or impoverished or poor or too fat or too thin or too ugly or too stupid, if you have lived with that being spoken over you, you after a period of time start to believe it and that becomes your identity. And your identity, although you have it, still there's this thing inside of you that wants to be seen. You want somebody to come along and say, but that's not what you are. I see more. I see more than your addiction, your abuse, your weight, your intelligence. And the, and so we are looking. People that are trying to heal, part of healing is that affirmation that there is good in spite of the bad or good in spite of the ugly. And that's the beautiful thing about Jesus. This woman had a need. Whatever it was, if it was trying to escape being made fun of, or if it was trying to manipulate her way and find another man that maybe for the afternoon would tell her she was beautiful. She had the desire in her brokenness to be seen and to be affirmed. And so she was making her way to that well at noon when she shouldn't have been there in that culture. And Jesus, before she even knew, she never knew that he was coming until she was there. But Jesus knew beforehand, Jesus knew her need, and he set up a divine appointment to be there at the well. And why was he there at the well? He was there at the well to affirm this woman. And it's, this isn't just a woman situation. If you are a man listening to this, he is there to affirm that man. So brokenness, again, is the connector of people, not just believers, but the connector of people. And Jesus comes for the sick. He says that in his word. I did not come for those who are in no need of a physician, but I came for those who are sick and who know they're sick. So knowing you're sick is a good thing. And again, sick is in quotations. So in verse, um, well, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it. So Jesus meets this woman at the well and he asks her for a drink and she says, you know, Lord, you don't have anything. And Lord was in an addressing statement. Just people w would say that. It was just kind of the, a ma'am and, ma uh, you know, ma'am and sir type of thing that we have today. Uh, and, and so Jesus was asking her for a drink. She said, Lord, you don't have anything to draw water with. And, she, and he said, if you knew who it was that was talking to you, you would ask me for living water. And so she's a little bit, you know, like, okay, what's going on here? Anyway, so Jesus proceeds to have this dialogue with her. And in scripture, John chapter four is a very, very intimate and long dialogue. One of the longest, if not the longest dialogues that Jesus has with a person. And not only is it recorded here in John, but it's recorded with a woman. And not only that, it's recorded with a Samaritan woman. And Samaritan people at the time were considered unclean to the Jews. 
And so unclean would mean that, you know, coming in contact with them or sitting at their table or touching them would be enough to quote unquote make you unclean. So there's a lot there to unpack. But the point that I want you to see is that this woman was a prostitute. She was considered dirty. She was considered a failure. She was considered too far gone. Nobody wasted their time on her. All she was good for was giving herself away and being the talk of the town. Yet Jesus, on purpose, on purpose, with a purpose, wanted to meet her because those are the people he came for. And so whatever you are trying to heal from is the reason that Jesus is coming after you. And so we see this story unfold where Jesus is gentle with her. He doesn't not speak the truth. He doesn't pretend. We always like to say that it doesn't matter to Jesus. It didn't matter to him that she had five you know, men, it didn't matter to him that the man she was sleeping with wasn't her husband. And I would disagree with you. Sin is serious and sin is terrible and sin is what separates us from God. So God does care. But in his caring about, you know, our being sinful, he makes a way for us to find reconciliation, to find redemption in our sin. And so Sin is a big deal, and we need to get this, this out of our mind that, oh, Jesus didn't care. He wanted her more than, no, sin is a big deal, and, and sin breaks the heart of God. Sin is what nailed Jesus to a cross. If sin didn't matter, he wouldn't have been up there. So sin does matter. It is serious. But the gospel of Jesus Christ provides a true forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ, through his death and his resurrection and his ascension. So we have a way to not be stuck by our sin, but that doesn't mean that sin isn't terrible and we should think that God doesn't care about it because he does. And so as Jesus was addressing what she had done and who she was, he was doing it in a loving way, a way that pulled her in, a way that was, yes, acknowledging the way that she was living, the lifestyle that it was sinful and it was wrong, but he did it in a way where he offered hope. So sin without the option of redemption is the true definition of hopelessness. There's no reason, there's no point, but it is because Jesus offers us a way to move forward a clean slate, a wiping away of past transgressions that we can have hope and the hope of healing. Because even if your trauma or your sickness or your addiction wasn't based upon something you did to cause it, like children don't do something to deserve to be abused or, you know, stuff like that. But when we live like that, we're bound to sin like that. Because hurt people do what? Hurt people. And so sin is part of the equation regardless of where it starts. And so healing comes in, that's from Jesus, and it says, I'm going to help you move past the past, and I'm going to help you relearn so that when you're moving forward into your future, 
you're not bound by the past anymore. And so as they're talking, Jesus is telling her about what she's done. And Jesus tells her to go back to the town and call her husband. And they can both come get the living water. And the woman tells Jesus, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you speak truly, saying you don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands, and the man you're living with is not your husband. And the woman said to him, this is actually in scripture here in verse 19. It says, the woman said to him, Lord, I see and I understand you are a prophet. And then, so she goes, it's, it says in verse 28, this is, this is the key to this whole thing I want to talk to you about. And it gets me so excited. It says in verse 28, then the woman left her water jar and she went away to the town and she began telling people. Now listen to what she tells them. Come, see a man who has told me everything I ever did. Can this be the Christ? He must be the anointed one. And then down in verse 39, it says, Now numerous Samaritans from that town believed in and trusted in him because of what the woman said when she declared and when she testified. He told me everything I ever did. So the Samaritans arrived and they asked him, him being Jesus, to remain with them. And he did. He stayed there two more days. Many more came to believe and adhere in and rely on him because of his personal message, what he said himself. And then they told the woman, they being the Samaritan town people, that we no longer believe and trust and have faith of because of just because what you said, but because we have heard him for ourselves. And we personally know that he is truly the savior of the world, the Christ. Guys, do you realize what this is saying about your brokenness? This is saying that you don't want to identify as a past addict. You don't want to identify as somebody that had a mental illness or has a mental illness. You don't want to identify as someone that struggles with jealousy. You don't want to identify as someone that has been an abuser in the past. But Jesus is saying that that is the most powerful thing about you. Your sorrow, your Um, infirmity in the hands of God is the most powerful testimony to his faithfulness, not just to other people either, but to you yourself. Because when you see that Jesus is going to meet you at your well, and that he's been long planning to meet you, knowing full well everything you've done and everything that's been done to you, And that he sits there and he wants to have this dialogue with you. And in that dialogue, he is telling you the same thing he told this woman. I know who you are. I came here to meet you. There is a purpose for your life. And it is not 
not include it does not not include your dirtiness your dirtiness is the thing you lead with because your dirtiness in the hands of almighty god is the most powerful testament of healing that exists and i have placed people in your pathway that you are to minister to that your story is made effective for you are seen you are loved and not in spite of your dirtiness not not because you were forgiven but you are seen because all of this is a beautiful testimony to man's sinfulness and god's redemptive purposes don't be ashamed to identify with your past anymore your past and the hand of god is why you are who you are today And if it was shameful back then, think of how powerful it is now. And what can people identify with? They can identify with suffering, pain, loneliness, hopelessness, trauma. Not everyone can identify with joyfulness and peace and security. But everyone can identify with the sorrow of being human. And the sorrow of being human in the hands of a God that pursues you and wants you just as you are is so powerful. And it is not just powerful for everyone else. It's powerful for you because there in that space of realizing that you don't have to hide, that God is coming after you just as you are, full of love and grace and compassion and interest god doesn't isn't forced to come after you he doesn't find you pitiful and so he wants to sit down with you no god sees the beauty that he created in your soul he feels the intrigue of what your life could produce he longs for you to sit down with him at the well and talk with him because he loves you and not in a superficial, conditional type of way. No, the God of the universe, knowing all the people that would come before you and all the people that will come after you, you, your name, the hairs on your head were numbered, the days of your life were written, You matter to God. It is not you plus anything. It is not you minus anything. It is you as a whole, as you are, with everything about you, matters to God. And that is where your relationship with the King of the universe can be formed. And that is where your healing can take place. So be encouraged. Lift up your head because Jesus is the lifter of our heads. He is not the smasher downer of our heads. Yes, he acknowledges sin, but he does not condemn us. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Believe it. To him, you are worth saving, to him, you are valuable. And as I say, 
Here recently on the podcast, if you don't know Jesus, the sad reality is none of this is available to you. But it can be. Ask him to come into your heart. Believe. That's it. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to say any right words or read a mantra or follow a 75-day plan. Just come as you are and believe you're a sinner in need of a Savior and that Jesus is the only way. And then all of this immediately. There's not a 90-day wait period. There's not a show yourself to be faithful period. No, it's just available. And God is waiting to love you and to work through your life and in your life as a believer. So don't waste any more time. Don't have to think about it anymore. Just come because he loves you. Guys, I'm so glad that you listened to the show. I do hope that you will continue to tell your friends and your family about it. Please like, share, subscribe, and comment on the podcast. And just be sure to send any questions that you have regarding faith or salvation or your walk with the Lord or any topics you'd like to hear. I love to interact with the listeners and um, your stories are beautiful. So keep fighting the good fight and I look forward to seeing you next time. Have a great rest of your week.